In 2021, we got the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which has the entire Mass Effect trilogy, all of its DLC included. And this thing's available now on Xbox Game Pass, PC consoles and all that. And it's a great way to experience hours upon hours of story, decision making, gameplay and all of that stuff to the point that last year we played and talked about Mass Effect 1. And we did that as part of a cast of the past. And if you're listening to us on podcast apps, we actually published that episode once again last week. And this time, people, it's time to talk about one of our uh, hosts' favorite games of all time, Mass Effect 2. In this case, you have the Shadow Broker DLC, you have a ton of stuff, you have some improvements. So we thought we just got to have that natural, awesome conversation in our concluding episode for our journey, our quest with the Xbox 360 on Quest Rewind, with a new episode available every single Sunday with yours truly, Juan from Puerto Rico. I'm Ryan from Boston. And I'm Keith from London, Ontario, Canada. And and that's the I'm one. So that's excited. the one that loves this game. You you love this game though, right, Keith? I love. You know, I just have a little bit of a fanboy thing going with it. It's like my favorite game of all time, probably. So you know, I I just like it a little bit. I'm so I excited. Love the fact that ah. we, we have had we have had a wrestling podcast. We had a cast of the past. I remember you telling me this and. Dude, when the hell did Mass Effect 2 come out? Even back then, you just wanted to have like a deep dive into this game. And it's taken until 2022 to make that happen. I always talk about Mass Effect 2. It's just on my mind constantly. I love the I love this game so much. And it's been such a joy to go back and play it again. All of the KOTOR thing that failed, going through Mass <laughs> Effect 1 that. again. <laughs> it was all worth it. It's okay. It's all worth it because we're here, baby. Mass Effect 2. And for everybody watching and listening, please go to Twitter, uh, Quest Rewind, and yeah, just let us know what you think about this game. Obviously, there's a lot of conversations about, uh, I saw an article asking the question, is Andromeda still any better or worse? I haven't played that one, right? We can maybe talk about that in the future, but it does just bring up the question of how special Mass Effect is. Now, Ryan, in your case, before we just like go into the general consensus, Mass Effect 1, that was your, your first experience, and you seem to be pretty positive with that, to the point that even you said, hey, I'm, I'm excited to play the second one. Very little struggle with any of us to, to get to this one. So how was your hype level getting to the second game? The, I mean, there's a lot of hype around Mass Effect 2, so my expectations were were pretty high. So the hype level was definitely there. And I will say, when I first started playing the game... I wasn't really, I was like, this, this game, this like, this is the greatest game. This is all the hype. But towards the end of the game, I really did see where a lot of the love and appreciation does uh, come for this game. But yeah, initially, I think maybe the hype levels were a little off the charts that I went in with my expectations to be like blown away at every turn. But nevertheless, um, you know, we're still going to be talking about a pretty fantastic game here today. So before we get to the to the deep dive, I feel like something that's, that's unique to the partly my fault. So I apologize. <laughs> it's yeah, not I mean, just you. you. It really, <laughs> it's not just you. It's like every list of like top games from the era, top Xbox 360 games. You saw it everywhere for. It's for always years, on the list. You know? yeah. yeah. At some point, you know, Bioware, Mass Effect. It's it's part of the conversation now. Because it's the Legendary Edition, you do get the choice to directly, you know, anything that happened with one, all the point to the to the actual character that you designed, you transfer that to the second one. In my case, I made sure to transfer that character, so any decisions and all that 
What about you guys? Yeah, I wanted I mean, that full, you know, through through line. And, you know, when I eventually play Mass Effect 3, I want the same thing as well, like having that consistent story all the way through. It's nice that it's all neatly on one game to experience that. But I do appreciate that they give you the option. If you didn't like how things went, you could redo it if you wanted to. Yeah, it's it almost feels like you have to, especially if you if you're going through the entire trilogy, you have to see your shepherd story through because really that's the core of what Mass Effect that makes Mass Effect so special, but with the package of the legendary edition including all the DLC, they do give you the nice option to change it up if you want to. Like as an example, there was a uh, an interactive comic that got released for uh the PlayStation 3 because you didn't have access to Mass Effect 1 on the PS3. So people had the ability to make those choices through that comic called Mass Effect Genesis. They included that in the Legendary Edition for the people that just wanted to start out at Mass Effect 2, if you wanted to, the Legendary Edition having that choice. So it's cool that the option is there, but if you're going the distance with your Shepard, you have to bring him through. Good choices are bad. I, I feel like like you need to see it through. But the fact that they even included that, which I didn't know that they did. I knew that from Mass Effect 2 on the PS3, there was that big controversy of how do you continue a story when you haven't had the first game on the console? And mm -hmm. I think that was a great way to do it. But it also just brought up how awesome it is for a game to really, and you know, people, there will be spoilers. It is impossible to talk about this game without spoilers. We'll be given our general impressions, but then as the, the, the combo gets deeper, we will be having that. But it's cool to see a game where there are things that you say, oh, wow, this character wouldn't even be here if it hadn't been for some decisions or not. And with other games, you know, you have the good endings, you have the bad endings, or you have the perfect ending, but then a sequel comes out and a developer has a decision to make, right? They can't just have every game start out with the 20 different variations. So usually they'll say, well, for the sequel, we went with this ending. Kind of negating any decisions you made. Yet with this one, it truly is tied from the Citadel and everything else. It does feel like, wow, so this is not the result of Mass Effect. This is my result, right? These are decisions that I made. What do you guys think about that in, in the general sense of the game? I kind of both agree and disagree with you. I, I think there are two important ways to look at Mass Effect 2, and I think this really stands out of the trilogy. You really need to think about it from these two standpoints the most out of the three games. There's like big universe story, and then there's your Shepard story, right? Because if you're talking big universe story, everybody gets the same ending you're you're either choosing do you like you have one of two choices that you're going to make no matter what decisions you made in mass effect 1 you still ended up killing saren so everybody starts from that same point but what makes it so special is the things that you did along the way with your shepherd like everything still kind of goes the same way in Mass Effect 2, regardless of your choices from that big universe story standpoint. But the character interactions along the way, the, um, the decisions about loyalties and who you side with, like that's the really special thing about Mass Effect and what makes 
every single playthrough so unique. The ability to have all of those little things different in every playthrough, depending on your choices. I've really, I mean, Keith said it. I don't have much more to add to that, to be <laughs> honest. I think Keith said that pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And Sorry, I think, I it think does about bring... it a lot. That might happen. <laughs> it, it's times. almost like you obsess over it. But that's the thing that there's two conversations about Mass Effect. One is the overall story, which Keith, I would love for you to summarize that in a little bit. But then there's the actual reason you play Mass Effect, which is the decisions within that story. It, it, if you were to summarize, it's you're a good guy. You got to take down the bad guys. That is what the game is and its core essence. And you got to get good to get them down. But then how you go about doing that, whether it be bad or good or the relationships or how ready are you for a mission, despite the fact that you can technically do it very early on, kind of like Breath of the Wild and other games that the choice is yours. If you want to have a crappy ending or if you want to have a lot of bad stuff happen, you still get to the end and you get credit. So with that being said, uh, Keith, what is Mass Effect 2? Mass Effect 2, it takes place... um a few years after the uh, the events of Mass Effect 1, you, Shepard, know that the Reapers are coming and you're basically trying to convince the galaxy to get ready for this. There's, there's a bit of a time jump at the beginning of it because you actually die. <laughs> Your shepherd just gets Damn. iced by the by the collectors, which end up being the main antagonists of the game. And yeah, it's... Uh, a way for the galaxy to kind of move forward in time and have that time jump and for your shepherd to reset to zero so the entire game doesn't have to weigh on those Mass Effect 1 choices. But you're tasked with assembling this team to go through the Omega-4 Relay, which is the home of the Collectors, and uh, like fire that first shot against the Reapers. And the entire game is built around you building around having the best possible team to do it. You need to scour parts of the galaxy to find the best of the best, recruit them, make them loyal to the cause and then just go baby go through that omega-4 relay and you got to solve a lot of problems a lot of personal problems along the way right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's um yeah it's funny how everyone's got their baggage that needs cleaned at the up. same time like, hey yeah. hey shepherd world's coming to an end but hey but i got hey. this beef with a family member <laughs> my yeah. dad, my dad did some bad things we need to go we need to go do my dad do my dad dirty <laughs> so having said that ryan uh give me your your overall impression as you said maybe the beginning was a little rough or i guess you know things were getting adjusted i think keith mm -hmm. did a really good job pointing out that they got to have some time go by just so it's not so directly tied to your decisions in the first. So everybody's kind of conveniently not with you, right? You're kind of separate. It's yeah. a, it's a cleanish slate. What do you think about that? And then the overall experience. Yeah. I mean, with that aspect, there's parts I liked and there's parts I didn't like. It's kind of like a, I had a little chuckle when like basically Shepard dies and like you can just make him look however you want again and like redo <laughs> the stats and you're like, okay, this, so this was an excuse so that you're not married to whatever stat decisions you did in the first game. So fair enough. But I did like how you are separated from all the characters and it takes a while for you to find all your um, crew members from the previous game and not necessarily all of them either want to join you or they kind of found their own thing that they're doing now. So I thought that was really cool. It was kind of like 
um, almost like Empire Strikes Backy, where like everyone's kind of separated and then you come together with at least some of them at at the end, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it is a better game than Mass Effect 1, but there's definitely parts of Mass Effect 1 that I enjoyed uh, like enjoyed more. My probably biggest criticism of this game is that it's a it's much it feels more like formulaic to me um than the first game where I felt like the story of the first game is like unraveling and this like this mystery is unraveling as you go and I feel like there's kind of cool important decisions along the way whereas this game it was kind of like you figure out what's going on you can recruit a bunch of people you have a midpoint story you recruit a bunch of more people and although the the side missions and stuff are a lot of fun um i liked when you kind of stumbled into crew members along the way instead of like the fact that like oh i know i'm going to seek out this person to join my team so it's like a little less interesting when um you know where last game you know when we talked about mass effect one like tali like one never even found her to recruit so I th- you know it's kind of cool that i just stumbled into this character and ended up joining my team so that aspect was missing a little bit, but overall, like the quality of the missions and everything is is definitely above and beyond. And of course, you can't beat the the finale of the game. Yeah, I I, I do agree with you there because this game becomes a little more uh, level based, let's say, than Mass Effect One, because like you said, you you know you're going to the planet map, you know you're going to recruit the convict, so then you are going to go through the series of hallways and gunfights that lead you to the convict, and then you're going to end up back on your ship. Like it is very level based. They took and even to the point where like going onto planets and exploring them, they took all of that openness out of uh, Mass effect 2 that was in mass effect 1 for a more refined experience i feel like part of what they did because i'm going back to my original experience with mass effect 1 and why i stopped playing it is yeah the 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 maco and a lot of stuff and you could tell the developer said i got you fam you don't like any of that gone we're not changing it it's just gone and there's some stuff that they replaced it with right but then you are left with essentially you got to go somewhere, you got to build the unit, and that's it. The story takes such a, a, a back turn because what I loved about the first game story was getting approval, getting recognition, right? It's becoming the specter, but then what does that actually mean? And then the gritty areas about it. And here, so much of what the game is about is unrelated to the main story. It's about the characters and the relationship that you build it, which is a lot better than the first, right? I think that part is way stronger than the first. But at the end of the day, I feel like the suicide mission, I was getting ready for a mission because people say this is an amazing game. I didn't feel like the shepherd that I did in Mass Effect 1 as far as, hey, you know, I have like, you know, essentially all these people behind me. No, we're kind of like a rogue. And then there's there's the elusive dude that's kind of by himself. And then I guess I work for him, but he's not really too trustworthy. And I felt like I needed more of that trust. Too much of that bond was missing for that. But then on the flip side, the gameplay is amazing. When I compare the gameplay for this one compared to the first one, the first one to me was just a run and gun game, which it's not that this one is not, but you know, I went with Vanguard. I don't know about you guys, but 
I was a lot more mindful with, okay, so I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to do the, the, the dash forward attack. And then I have these special beams. I'm more mindful with the weapons. With the first one, you really could just kind of plow your way through. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like it's, it's a combination of Mass Effect 1 and 2 will be the greatest game of all time. Because they kind of swap some things out, and the other one is still a little bit better for it. Yeah, like I mean, I was definitely I wasn't as high on the combat at the start of Mass Effect Two, but I kind of appreciate it more now, having like played through the whole game. Because it's kind of like the you know being the Zelda fan, it's kind of like the breakable weapons in Zelda, um, you know, Breath of the Wild. Like people don't like it, but at the same time. It forces you to use different weapons in your arsenal. So the fact that your ammo is very low in Mass Effect 2 and the fact that like in some situations, if there's a lot of enemies and you're stuck in one place, you're going to have to switch guns and use different guns to get yourself out of these situations before you can get more ammo. Uh, it, it, do, it makes you get a little more creative. And of course, you have your other abilities. I was a soldier, so it was a little more simple. Um, but I was that concussion shot thing is amazing. I was fi- firing that all the time. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, I was definitely taking advantage of that as much as possible. But yeah, Mass Effect One. I did love how I could just I just had that pistol and I was just capping people all day long and moving. Like I never really switched the weapon almost ever. But uh, you know, you look back and you're like, all right, Mass Effect 2, it made me get creative. Sometimes I had to use the rocket launcher. Sometimes I was using the sniper rifle. Sometimes the assault rifle, shotgun, all based on the context of the situation or if I ran out of ammo with another one. So at the end of the day, I do think it's a much better uh, combat system for sure. And then, yeah, I, I think just some of like the surprises and discovery, I think, was just missing. And like, I know the areas weren't as explorable as Mass Effect 1. And I think that's fine because there were some times where it was very easy to get lost in Mass Effect 1 and it's it's much harder to get lost in this game. And I appreciate that. I think there just could have been like a few more main story like surprises along the way. They kind of saved all the best stuff for last. And then one other thing that maybe is underappreciated from Mass Effect 1 was there's a lot more like open landscapes um, in Mass Effect 1, whereas like Mass Effect 2, there were a few areas, but most of it but was like mission based. It was like space hallways. Yeah. So many space, like space Absolutely. hallways, space hallways, space hallway. And I was even like, the, even the open areas had a beginning and an end to them. It was like, yeah. a, it was an open hallway. I mean, it's okay <laughs> if it's like, I'm okay if they're all hallways, but I liked that there was like, Instead of just a spaceship hallway all the time, I did like, you know, the end when you're on like the whatever that planet was towards the end of Mass Effect 1, where it's like an open, like foresty beach area. Like even if it's just a hallway, it was nice to have like that variety. And you only saw like those types of areas like on like one or two of the the character missions. So I think just like a scenery change would have been uh, a little bit more scenery variety, too. Mm-hmm. No, I. Keith, in your I case, which disagree. which uh, character do you play as? Uh, class? I played as the infiltrator, just because that's the only um, that's the only class that I hadn't beaten the game with previously. So it's interesting mentioning like what R- Ryan's experience and. 
I look at that as a very positive thing because that's kind of what his class was, right? You're the soldier. You're the guy that's good with everything, a jack of all trades when it comes to weapons and maybe not a master of none where I played the infiltrator and with very, very rare exception, I think just with like the Reaper missions where husks were surrounding me, like I used the sniper rifle that entire game. I, I did have to move around a bit. It wasn't just like sit in a corner and snipe everybody like because ammo is limited you kind of have to go into stealth pick up some ammo go back into your sniping position and keep going it's definitely a more move around style because yes ammo ammo is low but like everybody and their uncle drops a thermal clip so if you if you keep moving around that's kind of the solution around the body for the ammo problem but yeah it's and I, i find that so fascinating just how different those classes can feel just being able to go through the entire game using my sniper rifle versus Ryan switching um, switching guns when yeah. necessary for the appropriate situation. But that, that's what the class fantasy should be. So I'm happy that actually ha- that's how it went. I think that my experience is I, I love my time with it. Yet despite the fact that it is a faulty game. And I think what I love about the, the, the concept of what Mass Effect 2 is, is whenever you see a review that's 10 out of 10 or 9, people kind of get upset because they say this game is perfect. And most review sites say like, look, 10 out of 10, 9 doesn't mean perfect. It means it is among the best of that genre. It is among the best of what that can be. And I feel like despite the faults of Mass Effect 2, it brings joy to me in that I'm not the biggest role-playing guy now just because I don't have right this whole lot of time to dedicate 40, 50 hours to the game. But then... Mass Effect 2 gives me decision-making. It gives me fluid combat that's like really fun, engaging, rewarding, right? It feels good when you're using the gun or your abilities and all of that. I actually care about the story that even though the main one isn't too much to write home about, when I will be doing the side missions, I'd be very mindful. Like uh, there's some missions where your char- the, the characters in your unit kind of take like a liking to you in more than a in more than a professional way and i had to be like Talk about kelly Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> poor <laughs> kelly not, not even kelly it was it, it happened with multiple characters but it was the case of like I, I sorry i don't know if i gave off the wrong vibe but then you kind of shut the character down and i feel bad but the fact that i would feel that is a testament mm. to the game right the the voiceover and the dialogue, there are some hits and misses sometimes where you have to interpret what the response is going to be because you can only put so much in like, you know, three words or something like that. But let's get to the, to I guess, the, the, the main essence of the game, which is, yes. So uh, Shepard is back. People are slowly finding that out. They're not sure what to do with it because then you have this whole thing with the collectors, the elusive man, there's a lot of disconnecting, right? Essentially what happened after Mass Effect 1 is everybody started to sort of go on their own because, you know, even from Erdnod Rex is doing his thing, worse Garrus, where you eventually find him. And it's about Shepard kind of putting the glue back together and saying, despite that, we got to get shit done. We got to go over there and build the suicide mission to the point that the game makes it very clear that it is about getting ready for that. Ready can be your unit. It can be building your loyalty. It can be upgrading the ship. And personally, I enjoy that, like going to the different planets. And it's it's, a, it's such a, 
insignificant minigame, you know, trying to find the resources and you throw the the uh, the thing out and then see what you get back. And then I, I just thought it was like a, a very cool thing. I'm curious, Ryan, uh, because obviously Keith is the exception to the rule with just how many times you've played it. <laughs> what was that gameplay look like for you? Because it's very obvious that this is the game now, right? Like that that is the concept. What do you think of that part? Um, no, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I did feel it was like a little formulaic if you stick to like the main mission of like mo the majority of the time you're just seeking out to recruit another person, another person, another person, but there's definitely still a few surprise along way and the actual missions to get these people and to do their, their personal baggage missions can, you know, they're, there's some that are great. There are some that are not as great, but they're all very different. None of them feel the same. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of cool moments from them. So I enjoyed it. And I did also enjoy, like, I spent most of the time upgrading, like, my own weapons and stuff. I, I only did a little bit on the ship upgrades, but I liked that the option Ooh. was there. And so, you know, I largely ignored the like assignments you know the ones that aren't like the main missions or whatever but one that i did find cool that i was like i have to at least do this was to go to the original like normandy crash site because i wanted to be yeah. you know i just wanted to see it because like you it's have that cool nostalgia moment. from the first game so you go there and you have your little like memories of all the people find your helmet that, uh, yeah all that stuff um, so I thought that was cool. And I was like, all right, that's at least one of those like mini missions that's worth doing. Um, but the rest of the time I spent doing the kind of the standard missions. You know, it's I I find it so interesting because I have my opinions on Mass Effect 2. And as you know, they are high. But listening to you guys talk, I'm really understanding what I love about this game so much, truly, because I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Thinking about the gameplay and the missions and the loop of it all, it is very formulaic. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. And even though the characters are so different at like a very, very, very large scale, they're pretty formulaic as well. Like, oh, you got the bad guy or like the bad person. You've got, you know, the, the top of her class or graded everything. You've got the white bread mercenary. You've got your, your old crew. You've got, you know, the assassin that needs to leave a little bit of good in the world before they go. They're all very generic characters. Yeah. But I think mass effect like the thing that really makes mass effect 2 special for me is the interaction with those characters the being able to talk to them and interact with them and see the emotions as you go through your mission and really understand and learn them and have all of those small intricacies with them that's what makes that game so special to me and the gameplay is a is the thing that pushes that forward like i i can't really like pinpoint some of my favorite character moments beyond saying like oh I wanted to take this person on a mission and then I really enjoyed the dialogue back and forth between like, I know Jack and Miranda hate each other. So it's fun watching them kind of like aggressively work together in missions, like very <laughs> passive aggressive 
teammates and stuff like that and then getting back to the ship and having them almost tear a room apart in an argument and having to pick a side like i love those little moments about that game and that's what i think of when i think back fondly of them and just the pile of those and the pile of interactions and dialogue that's that's what makes the mass effect 2 experience so special for me same here. It's it's the little things. The ironically enough, right? It's a game about the galaxy, about the universe. But hey, I I just care about this one relationship where I care about Kelly caring about me and and, and seeing how <laughs> that develops and in interesting yeah. in very forward ways. It's the yeah. one thing. Like, yeah. Hey, are you You're okay? Like, I, I will I say love that you. is. Am I the like the CEO in the fifties with like the way Kelly's like mm-hmm. that was just hilarious interaction and I was uh disappointed by her face. It, it is it is one thing that uh really like they really push the romance options on in this game yeah. like oh, you, yeah. you can almost see the mechanics happening like they want to push every single sex option at Which you at once until makes you pick one my and shepherd's it, uh situation at the end of the game all that more disappointing with the amount <laughs> oh, of people so exciting yeah i'm so excited to hear mine about was it. mine was interesting because keep in mind i'm playing as female shepherd so in this one you really I, I had to look up online because keep in mind, like I played Mass Effect 2 back in the day, but I played as male Shepard and I kept thinking to myself, something's not happening here. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a it wall that the game is putting for female Shepard. Yeah. Female Shepard mm-hmm. doesn't, is a very lonely character for the most part of this game. You don't have a lot of options. Let's just put it that Come way. Come on, Bioware. What happened to gender equality? <laughs> I, I feel like they there did yet. improve that with uh, Mass Effect 3 from what I read because there was a lot of backlash. It's like, you you can't give me two options of characters, but then this one by design, you're just going to have so many less options. Yeah. And even towards the end of the game where, hey, guess what? Not all characters make it out alive or, you know, depending on the circumstance, I do think that romance option does give you like something, right? So I feel like I just I just didn't have access to that. Now, I'm curious if the question was, which character did you most enjoy either recruiting or doing their loyalty missions like talk to me about that because i have a lot of memorable experiences with that um so for me garris has always been my favorite character so i was super excited i like how they played out his mission where i was just like oh who's this archangel dude and then when i heard it was i forget the what's the name of the race that they are um the turian Turian like I heard it was Turian I was like oh maybe it's Garrus and then like when you find out it's him I was like (laughs) oh like like, that was a really cool moment so like one of my missions for this game was like Garrus cannot die I need to keep him alive (laughs) um and yeah it's it was cool like that was one of my favorites and then Grunt was uh my other favorite one because you like I love what you texted us about Grunt. (laughs) I was just like, I imagine that Grunt is just like the Brock Lesnar of Mass Effect. And he is just like all business, just kill things. 
and yep. I was not disappointed by him. But yeah, yeah they rules. like that scientist dude's just like, yeah, I have the perfect Krogan and you just take the tank and then you just go down to the tank in the basement and you're just like, do I open it? Do I not open it? And I'm like, of course I'm going to open it. And I, he almost killed me, but it was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> 10 out of yeah. 10 would open again. Yeah. And I, obviously I was going to do his loyalty mission, which was definitely one of the better loyalty missions where you end up in that like arena at the end and you're killing that like crazy beast or whatever so uh, i ended i did end up doing everyone's loyalty mission at least that i think so um you know my game still had a pretty brutal ending but i did do everyone's loyalty mission <laughs> interesting yeah i must have not i i don't know if i talked to some crew members enough like i think that um I kind of felt with all the different crew members, it was just like everyone's trying to be this cool badass. And it's like at some point I felt like it started to taper off for me. So like certain characters I just wasn't vibing with. But I think they have enough variety. Is one of those characters named Zaid? He was one of the last I recruited. So I think so. But. I think Screw it was him. like there's enough variety he there that sucks. <laughs> there's enough variety there that I think like depending on the type of person you are, you might vibe with some characters more than others. Um, and I think that's cool. But like I said, when everyone's trying to be this cool, badass, like assassin person, it starts to like lose its luster. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely pick your favorites and yeah. like the collective is that there are de- there's like A tier people and there's B tier people and everybody kind of agrees on that and for me I think my fa- if I had to pick one and it's so hard to pick one I would have to go with Morden just because I I I consider him to be the perfect Mass Effect character because on the sur- it, it you get whatever you put into Morden, you get back. Like on the surface, he's this fun, very fast talking scientist that, um, that, you know, you talk to him enough, he does a fun song and oh. then you move on with your game. Oh, did you not hear that? Uh, I'll no. have to link See, that to you that's later. The thing is I probably didn't talk didn't to my, that. I didn't talk to my I crew members enough. But yeah, it's, but I'm like, that's on the surface. in the face at the end perfect (laughs) and 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 that's that that's the point i'm getting to is that if you go a little deeper with morden you find out that like oh he actually like he's done some stuff in this galaxy like he's not actually all that fun like he's killed millions of krogan because he's responsible for the genophage and he struggles with that and like living with that in his own way and trying to help and make up for it. I love Morden's story arc. And then um, I almost feel like I need to do a sidebar character and cheat a little bit where my favorite romance in this game, because I feel like that's a whole different character conversation would end up being Jack because it's just not your typical, Oh, let's, let's do the dirty thing and move on. Like that option is there. If you want to do quick and easy with Jack, you can do quick and easy but if you put the time in if you talk to jack constantly you get to know her a little more you're able to break that wall down and like have like a very intimate romantic experience with jack and i think that's super cool because it's not them just taking the lowest character option possible it's there if that's what you want to do but it's one of those characters that the more you put in the more you get out 
Uh, yeah, well, I put in zero aside from the loyalty mission <laughs> with her. That was one of those characters where I was like, eh, I don't really care about this character that very much. Um, so because I on didn't... the surface, she she's another one that kind of sucks. Like, oh, here's the badass, you know, doesn't play by the rules. Here's the rebel. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of, yeah, not vibing. So I think I signed when they had to fight Miranda and Jack, I just sided with Miranda. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. Yep. So that in my didn't, case, uh, go I well for like me. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. In my case, there's so many different uh, stories that I involved that I enjoyed. Jacob as a character, for example, I really don't care about him and Miranda. The human characters, I feel like at base level, are very basic. They are the generic characters in this game. But his loyalty mission, which involves his father and uncovering things from the past and getting to some decision making stuff and all that. I really enjoyed that. I barely used Jacob. I don't think I ever used Miranda in a mission, but... Okay, people, we're having some internet problems. So, Keith is part of the episode. You you are here, Keith, right? Kind of. Yes, checks out. But sometimes his audio goes out. We've restarted computers. So, even though you're hearing no silence or gaps between what we just said, it's been like a good 30 minutes. So... For the purpose of this, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start the, with uh, this question yeah. that Keith. I've had. tried to ask a question three times, <laughs> so now I am passing the baton of my question over and to the question. Because even though we can clearly hear Keith right now, I'm just paranoid at this point. Ryan Michael McNulty from Boston, Massachusetts. If the question was, I'm surprised you still remember my middle name. Squad, yeah, of course, of course, man. If if you had to just reveal your squad in Mass Effect 2 Legendary Edition, nonetheless, what is that damn squad, Ryan? <laughs> this is going to be very jarring. <laughs> this is going to be very jarring for the audience, okay? You're, yeah. just, you're coming in so hot on these questions. but um, So my squad, I'd have to say, uh, Kasumi was my go-to because her like ability to like disappear in like her like shadow strike was that what it was called i, I don't remember yes, okay that cool. is what it was awesome called. yeah it was just a really fun uh ability so i naturally wanted to boost the crap out of that and use her on my team and then i would usually have either grunt garris or sometimes jacob on my team otherwise um for the rest of them uh, so those were those were my go-tos. Yeah, for me, uh, Garrus is obviously somebody that I always love. So much like uh, the first game, once I have that option, Garrus is my main character. Just not even in gameplay, just in general. He's the he's the one that I vent to. He's the one that I experience that with. Uh, same thing with Ryan. I alternated between Kasumi, uh, Samara, and. Towards the end, I sometimes had Legion. To me, he was the one that I felt the least attachment to just because he kind of felt like we got to throw another character and I, I guess here's one. But he comes in late it for me. But he's, yeah. I, I thought he was pretty very cool. Very late. Yeah. The, the yeah. whole concept is really cool. Even the name Legion and how that comes up. I would have rather have that happen earlier because I think that it makes for an interesting story and they didn't tap enough into that. Okay, Keith. Yes. What was your squad? What was My your go-to squad? squad 
in at least this playthrough, it was Jack and Grunt. It was just forward offense, go, 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 because I was, yeah, there was (laughs) aggression on my team because I was playing the infiltrator, so I would sit back and snipe and let um, Jack and Grunt just barrel through people. Like, I would just have to catch up to their destruction and chaos, and that's what I love about this game, the fact that, like... I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Kasumi is a DLC character. Like, she was released, like, long after the game had come out. And every time I go back personally and play, it's it's almost like a novelty of being able to play with Kasumi. But for that to be your guys' staple, like, I think that is really cool. Yeah, it's interesting because she came in so early for me because I went to, like, um, is it Ilium or whatever, the planet? Um mm-hmm. Like I, that was like the first planet, one of the first planets I went to aside from like Omega where like I got our, you know, Garrus as Archangel. But so I did like everything there and like her, her, like it was like I recruited her and did her loyalty mission like right away at the beginning of the game. Um, so she like felt it's, it's funny that she is a DLC because it's like, she felt like she was there from the beginning for my team. And I think another thing that, Keith wanted us to definitely play something and you and I, Ryan, we kind of did it naturally. Like it, it at no point felt like a side quest thing, which is the shadow broker DLC. It's for better or worse. It is a concept of what happens when you get the gold edition of a game or a game of the year edition, right? That includes everything. Uh, sometimes you get a bunch of weapons. That's game breaking because you get weapons at the beginning of a game that are far too powerful. In this case, maybe uh, Ryan played the vanilla version of the game back in the day. I play this one, and I assume that Kasumi and the Shadow Broker missions are just part of it, and it's not. I loved it, and personally, I think the Shadow Broker mission, you can tell more love was put into it just because the structure of the mission and the story was like a, it wasn't a side quest. I thought that was the main story. I, I hate how it kind of just ends. And then it's kind of like Liara's doing her thing, and then she never really talks to you when you visit her. She's just happy. <laughs> and to then have you can you just there. read some like, like text messages, like some intimate yeah. text messages from Miranda. Like, or whatever. Do you realize how far <laughs> I traveled to be here? And all you gotta say yeah. is happy to see you, Shepherds. Like, shut up. Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought the Shadow Broker stuff was amazing, but I, I like, I had an inkling that something was up when like the the boss fight where the the lady who moves around like crazy i was like this is so much harder than anything i've done like up to this point <laughs> and i was like and then when you told me this dlc i was like okay that makes a lot of sense why this was like more difficult than the other missions i was doing and i did it pretty early on because like i said i did like all of the ilium stuff like at the same like i just went through everything you had to do on that planet at once um so I was like, whoa, this this was like pretty tough for something I was doing pretty early on. But yeah, definitely a lot of love put into it. You have like that whole car chase sequence and stuff. So it was it was really, really cool. Yeah. When 
in previous episodes on this quest, I talked about just how during this generation, downloadable content really picked it up a notch. I was talking about Layer of the Shadow Broker for the most part, because there there's a lot of good DLC in Mass Effect 2. Like Overlord, I think is fantastic and kind of screwed up. Kasumi being a character and Shadow Broker just... Think of like you did have to pay extra for that experience, but I think it was worth every penny for everything that it added to the game. Like the Shadow Broker boss DLC is awesome. Being able to go and look through those weird doctrines that um, that they had in that on that terminal afterwards, how you can see like elusive the elusive man has the most insane sex parties that the galaxy has ever seen. Like weird stuff like that. I found that oh, to yeah. be awesome, and then. Not not all of the DLC hit, but there was definitely some high peaks and Shadow Broker being the highest. I would honestly say of the entire series that Shadow Broker boss fight is my favorite moment of the like one the entire series like how he kind of reads the person that you're with like the the third party member that you bring along whoever you bring he has a line associated with them for everybody different and that's it's really cool i recommend you go on youtube and check all of those out but yeah just just that whole i god i love the shadow broker i'm i'm happy you guys found it naturally and that's one of the things that i love about the game and i would love to just see a uh, a picture of the script because every now and then they could easily have it so a character never talks right especially the third character it's like the second one or something but there are some cutscenes where they openly reference the other one even if it's for like a second but it's nice because they paid attention to that detail. So many games is like the whole party's there, but magically only one character ever speaks yeah. out loud. And mm-hmm. here, even if it's one word, it's just that immersion piece. And I think this game holds it, does it so well, right? Yeah, it never feels like, oh, you didn't bring the right character with you on a mission, so they don't have any dialogue. Like each each um, character does have something to say whenever you bring them and it's usually relevant and feels like completely natural. And so the amount of like dialogue that each of the characters probably had, you know, each of the actors had to do for this game, like must have been absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, it never felt like, oh, you know, they didn't have anything for this character to say in this moment. Like it always felt um, it was never like immersion breaking. Yeah, it's why I think the hallway sequences get a pass just because there's so much talking in those hallways between all of your characters. It's like they started with the elevators in Mass Effect 1 and then and how they would have the back and forth yeah. in the elevator true. loading screens and then just stepped it up a level in this one. That's very true. I didn't I didn't think about it like that. They did a great job of just including it more into the actual world as opposed to Here's an elevator. I guess it's the time to really catch up with everybody. And now getting to the to the main thing, which is the buildup and eventually getting to the suicide mission itself. Ryan, in your case, talk to me about the whole process of the game makes sure to ask you many times, like, like are, are you, you doing ready? this? Because <laughs> even yeah. before that, right, it is worth mentioning the whole crew essentially gets kidnapped, except conveniently. Okay, you know what? I got to say this. This is bullshit. <laughs> the, the, so the whole game, they split people into teams, right? 
But then just conveniently towards the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, the whole team le- goes on a mission. They, they gotta go. Yeah. Only, yeah, only the ones that can actually defend themselves. And Shepard is the worst commander ever because you would think they will leave somebody to fend for the ship. Oh, no, we'll just have everybody with these badass abilities go off to this mission that nobody non, really knows yeah, about too much. Yeah, nondescript mission. Yeah. And then, oh my goodness, what happened? What happened, Seth Green? <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to say that. Keith, come on. You, you got to give me that. No, I'm 100% with you. That is plot convenience at its finest. <laughs> yeah, I expected us to play that mission like that they went on. And, some, and then it was like, oh, nope, they just came back. And I was like, oh, wow, they really just needed an excuse for everyone to get all the... They probably yeah. just went to the Citadel and everybody took a night off or something. <laughs> and they came it's back yeah, and it was just bad. Yeah. Party. Hey, um, Kelly? Kelly? Where are you at? <laughs> That's probably what happened. Yeah. But then that does sort of force you into either going to the mission or not, which... um. I'm just going to say, Keith, you know what happened just based on what I'm about to say is I thought, hey, I'll go do like another five missions before oh, I eventually get no. to that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Ryan, in your case, did you immediately go to the mission after that or? After the crew thing? Yeah. No, fortunately, because I couldn't find where Legion was. Like I thought he would be down in like the engineering thing or like Morden or someone would be working on him. So I couldn't find where Legion was. But then when I was playing as like Joker... For that segment, I saw where he was and I was like, oh, I hope I can still do that mission. And fortunately, I was able to do the Legion um, loyalty mission or whatever. Um, But that was the only thing I did before the end. I had already done all the other characters like personal missions at that point. So I was ready to uh, to go into the ending. Yeah, that, so for- that is probably my biggest knock against the game, like to, to kind of give you guys the behind the scenes of how the mechanics work, like. Once you get Legion and you do that Reaper IFF mission, the game kind of puts you on a clock. Like you're allowed one mission before that happens. And then whenever you come back, that is going to happen no matter what. So it it, it really adds to that feeling that you don't get Legion soon enough, considering how interesting of a character he is, because the second you get him, you're going you're immediately pushed into the end game and your crew is gone and you're feeling this need to go through the Omega four. And just so you know why I got pissed, Ryan, I later read this uh because I, I realized something went wrong when just one character started yelling at me in, in the game. I'm like, okay, I clearly stalled. So the longer you take and the more missions you do between them getting kidnapped and then you going, the more of the crew die. So in my case, freaking everybody died except like three people. Just mm-hmm. everybody. And if they were just few, pissed at Everybody me. but Dr. Chakwas gets yep. good. <laughs> and oh, it's and I feel time. like I did that mission. Oh, so I did the Legion mission and then I did the end, and I pretty much only had the doctor, I feel like. Maybe, some, no, I think a few other people, but I don't really know who they were. I forget who they were. Kelly dies regardless from uh, what I read. Okay, nope, I think I right? got... If, nope. nope, if you if you go, like the second that happens, if you go right for the Omega-4, you save everybody. Well, if she did, you, so. If you do another mission in between it, you save like half the crew, but Kelly okay. does end up dying. And yeah. then if you wait like three or four, then everybody but Dr. Chakwas dies. That's what I got. I think, okay, I think <laughs> I've saved half the crew then. Yeah, so if... 
going by that because like if you want to save everybody and again this is my gripe if you want to save everybody you have that one window of you need that one mission to be legion's loyalty mission if you don't do that then you are losing the crew so it it really sucks that. that way well yes it really does put you into that pressure and then you eventually get into the suicide mission and i guess this is where i have to ask in your case, uh, Keith doesn't qualify. He's played this yeah. game enough times, but yeah. in your case, I'm going to tell Ryan, you guys the math about it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I mean. I'm very interested in this because I was surprised at what happened to me. So okay, so yeah, right away, you, like you, you you're in. fighting the bo- you're fighting that thing on your ship, right? I, I think right away they just zap one person on your team. I'm pretty sure, right? Like you, yeah, maybe it, not. Okay, just just so you know, tell nobody in my story. team died. Yeah. Nobody. Really? Yeah. Oh, did you guys? Well, did you know like what? Because I lost like four people. <laughs> so. No, no. Okay, okay. So this is one of the few times where yeah. I I can slightly pat myself on the back. I just over prepared. So the first thing is when I played this game back in the day, pretty much everybody died because I didn't do any ship uh, ship upgrades. So I said, okay, I'll upgrade the ship stuff so I know I get by the initial part. Everything afterwards. I really just did it based on tuition because they asked you a lot of leaders. And I said, well, Garrus has always been like a really revered character. So I'm just going to go with him whenever uh, he's an option. This is probably on the um, characters you select. Yeah, there's if probably, you read their bios. There's characters that have plot armor, I'm guessing. Is that exactly like. No, there's well, no. Well, some okay. of them. Everybody's yeah, like fair game. Them. It all depends on your choices. Yeah. All right, like, let me just I, go I through mine. Look this up. Yeah. Let, then, let's let's go through okay. your suicide mission. Take us through step by step. So, okay. Tell so us. right away, because I didn't have, I didn't substantially upgrade my ship. Joker got zapped immediately. Just done. Nothing I could do. Then I was fighting this Oculus on, uh, or I'm sorry, not Joker. Jack got zapped. I was going to say <laughs> Joker. Damn. Yeah. No. 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 Jack. I, I get the <laughs> mix. Flying the ship. How'd that you was make it alive? But Jack, look, they look like they should, their name should be reversed. That's just my opinion. But, uh, um, so Jack got zapped immediately and that uh, it didn't surprise me because it was a character I didn't really interact with. But then I was fighting the Oculus thing and midway through Kasumi got axed somehow, like the reactor thing blew up. And I was like, I didn't even finish fighting this boss. So then that was it for like the ship going through. But then on the mission, I had to select someone that they were like, oh, this this infiltrator person, they're basically there's no chance they're going to come back. So I was not choosing Garrus because I'm like, I don't want my boy to die. So I sent Thane there because the dude has like a dying. He has a disease anyway. He's going to die. So I'm like, good luck, buddy. Um, and sure enough, he made it through, but then he got capped as the doors were closing, um, just zapped right in the head and he was done. Uh, and then who else did I lose? Um, and then I sent like Zaid or whatever to, to like protect something. And he, um, he died. And I'm trying to think if, I think those are the only ones I lost. I can't remember if I lost anyone else. I'm you had pretty a rough sure go in there. Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, so, so. I, I was like, if I had selected someone else to be the specialist, it's like they might have survived. I'm not sure. Essentially, yeah, yeah. because yeah. there's some parts, and this is, but before Keith breaks it down, math style. What I was very mindful is they said key things like tech, 
specialist. So I, th- I told myself, okay, okay, they're not just throwing out these words. This is a video game. So who is the tech savvy person and all that? Okay, well, I went with a uh, thing was like Liara or whoever. I went for the, I'm getting names mixed up now. Yeah, I went with... Uh, Tali, Tali, Tali. Okay, I went with Tali for the tunnel thing, where you had to undo the different security guard stuff and all that. Because I thought, well, that's a more intelligent person with anything more leadership based, like infiltration. I went with Garrus or Miranda, just because even though I didn't care about Miranda, I thought to myself, well, she's whether I like her or not, she's a main character in the story, right? Like she was introduced before these other ones, and surprisingly enough. Like nobody died in my team, and it was the complete opposite of my yeah. other one. Now, Keith, this I'm is so the smartest you will ever sound. <laughs> Go I ahead, highly man. doubt that. I will. I will do my best. So yeah, we're ready. Like you're going through the Omega Four relay. You're ready to take on that mission. Your crew is gone. It's basically everything in that game is a series of or in that mission is a series of numbers and a series of checks and it starts with all of the ship upgrades that you choose to do like i'd, I'd be really interested ryan if you go back and re-watch the mission on youtube or something because every time something happens with that it's a check of did you upgrade the shields you did great that means the laser isn't going to come through an ice jack immediately did you upgrade the reactor no well guess what it's gonna blow and you yep. lose somebody okay and there's four or five different ones of those and that's how you can so i must have people. done the other ones at least i know i did at least like one or two ship upgrades yeah so, so it must those have ones you'd yeah because i only lost two people um on like going through mm-hmm. so that you've gone through the omega-4 relay you finally make it to the collector base and then yeah it's every single crewmate is given a number and that number is higher or lower depending on where their loyalty stands on your team like there's a couple of instances where even though you did their loyalty mission they might not be loyalty like loyal to you because they um like in those argument scenes that some of them have if you side with somebody you're going to lose loyalty points with them so when you like when you do that you're you're it's taking away from that number. It's possible for them to survive, but it's a reduced chance. And then, yeah, everybody is given a number based on the scenario because that suicide mission is like a bunch of little micro missions inside of it. It's it's a very stressful scenario from beginning to end, very much like a suicide-esque feeling. And depending on the roles that they are given you are given a higher success or fail rate so like um like one mentioned if you're going to like they throw out those keywords and if you send somebody that's more tech savvy through the tunnels they're going to have a higher chance to survive because there is those little cutscenes where they might die at the end of it. Like, because you sent Thane, Thane isn't a tech person, so you pass the mission, but his number wasn't high enough to survive, yeah. so that's why he got shot in the head at the end. Yeah, It's the same with the biotic scene. If you don't pick somebody that's powerful enough as a biotic, they won't make it through. Your team yeah. will, but they get kind of yeah, taken I picked, away from the collectors. Um, Samara for that, and I was fine, yeah. and she made it through. 
the game actually does a really big dick thing where Miranda's like, I can do this. You guys, I got this. I can do this. Miranda won't make it through oh, that. <laughs> so don't pick Miranda. Oh, there. she dies and, every time, no matter what. Yeah. At least when I've tried it. I yeah. mean, like, I don't know every possible scenario, but the few times that I've done it and I've tried Miranda, she never makes so it. So when you pick someone loyalty. else to lead the second squadron, can that person also die? Yes, if they you can. Oh. Every choice. And in that one, you need to pick somebody that's more of a leader. Because so, I picked Garrus to lead the second group and he survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because he's more of a commander, more of a soldier. And I felt like so. there's a lot of loyal. I had definitely this big loyalty points with him. Like, mm-hmm. I so if like... you would have picked somebody like Tolly there, who isn't yeah. doesn't exactly like a great commander or or like Samara, who's a lone wolf, she might not make it, or the crew might not make it. Like, yeah. the, there's a, there's a tons of different options, and then as you continue those like the values are subtracted every time you choose somebody. So if you pick Garrus for everything, Garrus isn't going to make it because he's like so quote unquote exhausted by the end of the suicide mission. And then the final big check is that the like the end thing after you fight the baby terminator which by the (laughs) way quick quick sidebar here what did you guys think of that interesting (laughs) interesting final boss of this game basically thing i mean the human t-1000 it was all right i kind of felt like the sovereign fight was a little more interesting at the end of the first game but it like uh, it wasn't it was interesting. It was way too much uh, of a, here's the final bad guy with Sovereign and all that. There was an, an emotional attachment here. It's just, well, I, I guess this is the final boss and it's like this huge thing, right? Yeah. But aside from that, I love the concept, like the platforms beforehand coming down and, and it's difficult and the, the face is like the overall structure of the mission I thought was badass. And, and, it, and it felt different from the rest of the game, even... Before that, because, you know, you have the shield and I use Samara for that part, right? You know, as you're shielded from the bugs and all that stuff, I thought they did an excellent job because I was afraid it was just going to be, well, here's just once you get there, it's just another mission, right? And they made Mm -hmm. sure that it didn't feel like that. Yeah, I really appreciate the fact that they kept the almost the best stuff to the end kept the choices and who who's gonna do what till the very end and left it unique to the suicide mission but yeah my my feelings on that boss are i don't think it should have been there it felt like they needed to have a final big baddie and that's the only reason it exists and it's kind of lame for that but you i mean get i would have him- been disappointed if there was nothing you know <laughs> So I'll take that over no boss. Interesting. Hold on to that thought. Okay. So <laughs> you'll have to hold on to it for a while. But so you get to that, you beat the baby Reaper, the baby human Terminator, and then like you kind of spiral down and whoever you have on your crew, that's kind of like the last big check. Like in a Ooh. lot of playthroughs, if somebody's going to die, it's going to be there. Wow. Just because um, that's like there, there are certain people that if you take on that mission, they just they have no chance of survival. Oh, I took so. Garrus and Jacob and they both survived somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because both mercenary like they have a higher number going uh, into that. So okay. it, it's all a big game. Even, of but numbers. I might have exhausted Garrus a little bit by picking him to lead earlier. Mm-hmm. But I still made it, thank God. 
yeah grunt <laughs> grunt is the one that like it, it's impossible to kill grunt in that mission <laughs> big shock but yeah that's that's kind of the suicide and like the what's happening behind the suicide mission i yeah what knowing the mechanics do you guys think that like as that is the big thing for mass effect 2 do you think it hits its point or like it kind of misses it i like it but i feel like it only works once right so that's why i'm glad like i made sure i didn't want to look anything up i didn't want to like know ahead of time like oh i gotta upgrade my ship so that everyone survives like i it's like my team got hit like it could have been a lot worse it could have been way way worse for me but I appreciate like I like just going into it and like, yeah, I took some hits and apparently, you know, I lost one of my favorite team members. But like if I were to play it again, obviously I'm going to do everything right so that the whole crew survives. And it's so I feel like it's an awesome experience once and then you're always going to be curious. You're going to want to know all the you're going to look up all the interest in whatever the word is. You're going to look up every aspect of it. And um like make sure that your whole team survives the next time but i think it's a great like first experience if you go in not knowing like all the math behind it mm -hmm. i will say a fun attempt to do is it is possible for shepherd to die on that mission like you can screw up so badly that you do not make it back from the suicide but, mission. but the game actually... ends <laughs> yeah. yeah the game ends like you it's not just like a game over continue basically so, um, does Cerberus just bring you bit. back to life in three? Damn. <laughs> it's a thing. No, yeah, that, like, hey. that's, that's the end of your shepherd. The Reapers come and it's game over on that one. But, uh, so basically what happens is you need two crew members to be alive. You know, when you do the jump at the end of the suicide yeah. mission, if you have no one there to catch you, Joker catches you. And because Joker has that brittle bone syndrome, he drops you and you fall and you die. And the I need to look this up. Are you allowed to play? To are you allowed to play Mass Effect Three, or do they just not let you? You, you have to. <laughs> They're just like no, no. You can't. You can't bring that Shepherd into Mass Effect Three. <laughs> so you either that, you your can, Shepherd is dead. So you just you have, have to, to start... remake him. <laughs> wow, that sucks wow. so bad. But I you mean, like you have to really try. Like you have uh, to go into that knowing it's more of like a secret ending for like mm -hmm. someone who's it's, played the game a bunch. Probably. I need to see that. I legit. Uh, there's got to be a compilation, and, and, yeah, and there, I think there this is, is. I'll link it to you, cool, and then yeah. we'll uh, we'll link it on Twitter or something like that to uh, for anybody that's curious. So in my case, I went into this completely different to when I initially played and beat Mass Effect back in the day. There, I did it to seek end credits. And my ending was awful. Like, I don't remember who made it out alive. I just remember by the time that ship landed, a lot of people were missing. And here, <laughs> initially, honestly, ain't gonna lie, I was thinking, I'll do like a couple loyalty missions just so I get a decent ending. But I found myself just enjoying the mission so much yeah. that I said, I'll do one more. And then I was, the, sa hey, I was I the same. I'll do way. the three. Yeah, I'll do the three that are left. And you guys know me. I do not do that in games. It is the most anti Juan thing that I will ever do. And I found myself just hooked. I, I wanted to know about each character, even the ones like I didn't use half of them. And I still wanted to know about their story because the voiceover and the writing and the actual cutscenes were damn impressive. Like Samara, I, I used her towards the end of the game, but the whole narrative with her and the daughter and the decision. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the 
good bat system, right? Where sometimes you don't have the best option and you don't get the outcome and you don't succeed the loyalty mission and you kind of feel like crap. Kind of like Mass Effect 1, I found myself going back to an earlier save, grinding options out a little better so I would have options. And before, I wouldn't give a damn what happened. I just want to get to get it over with. It really helps that the loyalty missions are the best part of that game, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Paragon, so, um, like, Renegade thing... Uh, again, I kind of played it mostly Paragon, but every once in a while, like I would choose the Renegade option just like, you know, I tried to play it like how I would decide things like, you know, for myself and not just like, oh, I want to make sure I'm stacking like Paragon like points or whatever. So it was nice. Like, yeah, you play mostly Paragon, but every once in a while there's those moves where like you shoot a gas tank behind someone to blow them up just to give yourself an advantage. Isn't it so satisfying yeah. when those when those prompts come up? Yeah. Like it, it's that one on I think it's Ilium and Thane's mission where there's like a mercenary standing in front of a large window and the renegade option comes through to kick him out the window. Oh, like yeah. you you have to hit that button. <laughs> there's no there's no option. Yeah. Even if you're Paragon, he needs to go through that window. So having talked about the suicide mission, all the crazy stuff, DLC. The squads, after 40 freaking minutes, we've got to answer the question of which squads we chose. <laughs> Ryan, Keith, and then yours truly. What is your final impression with Mass Effect 2, Ryan, after so many years of knowing about this game and knowing there's a third one? And look, I don't know how we're going to tie this into a quest or something, but we got to play Mass Effect 3 this year. It has to happen. We've covered the other two, so that's going to happen. Knowing that exists what you think of this and yeah, your overall impressions. Yeah. Like I said, overall, it is a great game. Um, you know, it has a little bit of a formulaicness to it, but nevertheless, like that doesn't take away from what a fantastic game it is. And I appreciate the more dynamic combat that they introduced, even if it does take a little bit of adjusting from the first game. Um, but yeah, it's a game that I could definitely see myself eventually playing through like the trilogy again although we got to get to three first before i do that um because it is fun like to play it once just completely with no knowledge and then play through again with all the knowledge and being able to take things in a different path play a different class all of that so i appreciate the replayability um so yeah i'm excited to play the third one i've heard a lot about the infamous ending and then that they changed the ending so i have no idea what to expect I'm just going to once again do what I've done with the other games is just go in blind and uh, hope for the best. And I'm sorry, I need to sidebar again. <laughs> did you guys play the Arrival mission or did you skip that one? What it, Arrival, for, refresh the memory. It's, uh, you play as just Shepard and you go into Batarian space and you have to make a real bad choice. Um, probably not. If it isn't an assignment, like, uh, it's, I don't know how it's presented. I think it's a, it shows up on the map for sure. Hmm. But I don't um, know but if I did that. Th the reason being is that that is actually the, uh, the intro into Mass Effect 3. It was the last piece of DLC released for Mass Effect 2, and it takes place after the suicide mission. So uh, it's kind of like the the prelude to. Uh, so we would have had to play it after the credits. No, they present it to you 
before the credits. I didn't play. It, it, I'm looking oh, it up. Yeah. I didn't play. I don't think it, I it, it, it's a bit weird that way. But yeah, like that's the events of that are what go into Mass Effect Three. Like you start out, and this is, a, I guess, a bit of a spoiler. You start out on Earth in Mass Effect Three, and this shows you why Shepard is on Earth in okay. that game. That's all. Okay, that that's good though. That's good. Am in I my able case, to like go and play it after the credits or whatever? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, I, I may want to play that. Yeah. Okay, Keith, I'm actually going to give you the honors before I go. Okay. So yeah, and going back to my overall thoughts of Mass Effect Two, I I'm really excited that we went through and played it, and I've really enjoyed listening to your guys's experience. One having played it all these years later, and Ryan having that purity of going through the suicide mission for the first time because like you mentioned you get one one first at it and then after that every subsequent playthrough you're going through it to min max it you're doing every mission to get the best ending possible and even though that is my experience with mass effect 2 i know the mechanics of it to death i still love going back and play it and i'm playing it and i'm so grateful that the legendary edition exists these days and it's this nice package that you can experience this amazing trilogy in because before it existed it was really hard to get the full mass effect 2 experience because you needed to buy the games and all the dlc and the dlc was full price a lot to ask of someone (laughs) it was a huge ask of somebody and isn't it nice though sorry to interrupt you but isn't it nice mm -hmm. when a remaster actually has like effort and love put into it it's so rare and so beautiful like trilogy (laughs) yeah Yeah. like a different trilogy that everyone loved that they just went towards the beginning of the year went towards the end like (laughs) yeah One of these yeah. things is not like yeah, the other. Like I, I don't think you're salty about it at all. <laughs> yeah, going back and playing Mass Effect Two on this tri- on this like definitive uh, what a legendary edition. I'm like, it's nice that somebody treated their like IP right <laughs> and did a good job on the uh, the remaster. But uh, continue. Yeah. No kidding. But yeah, it's just it's just like visiting an old friend, like catching up with old friends, getting to experience these characters again and go through all the interaction. I real even though I've beaten it a dozen times, I still love going through Mass Effect 2. And I'm excited for us to go through three. Because I three is very good in its own way. Would I say it's better than two? No. But it does think some things better than two in different ways. Okay, but, but without really getting into any details, Ryan and myself, and and I want to ask this here, just so it's like it's like for context. And when we get to the Mass Effect three episode, our complaint is that side quests good, main quests meh. Where does Mass Effect three kind of lie in that? Well. It solves the problem of, hey, yeah, I get the universe is ending, but I got these issues. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that is not a thing in Mass Effect 3. I'm, so, yeah, it's, there's a lot of urgency, but 
They, it's not all about recruiting people, I'm guessing. Like, no, the eh. recruitment's over. Like, you have your team now. Like, uh, shit's hit the fan. <laughs> you know how... God, um, I, I feel guess bad for the people that went into a... three with nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. It's it's a subpar experience. But, <laughs> like, I guess this is a little bit of a story spoiler for three. But, like, you're, you're in the end game on that one. The Reapers are here. And it, you need... You are... You're at you're going against them for better you or worse. You kind of feel like yeah, I, I think you you get that flavor towards the end of two. It's kind of like oh, the worst is yet to come is the vibe that I got towards the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, the worst is here in three. I am interested <laughs> with that final decision, and that's one of the things that I um do feel like that I liked about Mass Effect One that was a little like less present in two was like those big story decisions um like the fact that i decided to keep the collectorship for the sketchy dude to uh study (laughs) um uh, it feels like it's gonna backfire on me but i was like why not you know knowledge is power so we'll see how that works out for me uh because i'm sure martin sheen's still your friend yeah martin uh, sheen's definitely not gonna betray me he's definitely probably not the king reaper or something like that i guess we'll have to see what happens i have no idea so you know, I'm just I just hope we don't have to wait worst. till the the end of the year because I forget stories easily, people. So at least yeah. the fourth quest. But bef- before we get to the fourth, there is the third. So this here, people, officially concludes our Xbox 360 series of episodes. We did five on the N64. We've done five here, and I think that <laughs> our this Xbox is, series. I- of episodes <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i don't think we could have ended with a, a better game despite some tech challenges we made sure to make that happen and we've had a lot of people write to us you know we enjoy the format we like this or people that you know would listen to a cast of the past and they're also here thank you and the best way to support is with that five-star rating on Spotify. You can't leave like a full review, but you can rate, you can review on Apple Podcast. And as far as the next quest, because this episode's gone over long, so I'm going to summarize this part. Our next quest, we're not tackling a specific console. Instead, people, we are tackling a specific year, and that year is Mr. Hammyham. Which year is that? It is 2002. 2002, it is the baby. year 22. No, not 2020. <laughs> we're, not, we're not just covering two years. Yeah. Yes. yes. We're traveling back to 2002. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. We are traveling back to the PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox generation. And uh, Ryan, uh, we, we had some struggles choosing a year. Why do you think this one stood out to us? Well, first of all, it was exactly you know 20 years ago so we have that That helped with the it it kind of yeah that it was (laughs) kind of thematic you know to look back and you know that's kind of what we do on this podcast but there's also quite a number of amazing games that came out that year including things like metroid prime a lot of great uh gba games came out you have morrowind So what we wanted to do, you know, there was other games like Vice City, ones we've covered, you know, previously when we were a cast of the past. We wanted to take a look at some games maybe we didn't spend a lot of time with all, you know, all the way back in 2002 because we didn't have a lot of money back then or we didn't maybe didn't have the console or whatever. So instead of doing full playthroughs of games, we plan on, you know, getting a little nice appetizer of a bunch of these games that we haven't experienced and kind of have 
a little bit of like a little book club discussion where, hey, like, what did you what game did you bring this week? And uh, we'll also have some different conversations as well regarding that year. But we're excited to kind of try a few different games uh, along the way. And don't worry, folks, it won't all be good. Yeah. Oh, no, we made sure of not that. every we looked game at of the that high year scores, is not good. <laughs> and we looked and at the, the low loons. scores. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I've only been playing some of the good games in prep for this. I really should balance that out because otherwise I will have not a not a great time. But uh, as we mentioned, every quest, we're going to be looking to make things a little differently. And I think this way you get to hear us talking about different consoles and genres, right? Because usually we kind of go into a specific category when you're only limited to a console. So super excited for that. The podcast feed and the YouTube channel may go dark for a couple of weeks, right? As we prepare things, much like this this series, there was a couple of weeks in between, but rest assured, all of that will be happening. And then until then, you can simply join our Discord uh, link for all of that in the description. At the same time, if you have suggestions, uh, we could eventually do like a, sh- a short let's play about any of the games we'll, we'll be covering and post that at youtube.com slash quest rewind. Yeah. We did the if watch along. If you guys have an, a reason for us to play Mass Effect 3, if you can shoehorn that playthrough hey, better than good, we yeah, can, that's good, yeah. please <laughs> let us know. It did come out on the Wii U, so you could be like, Wii U, <laughs> Wii U That is the worst <laughs> version of that game. No. <laughs> We can do better. (laughs) I think we're going to be leaving it off with that one, people. Thank you so much for enjoying this episode. And we will be catching you with another one of Quest Rewind. Maybe about the Wii U. Who knows? I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel.